welcome to episode six of Femme de la Creme, where we speak to inspiring women from all around the world and learn from not only their success, but also their adversities. Today's episode is very close to my heart. We are talking to a very dear friend of mine, Emma Louise, who is an influencer, a model, and a beauty guru. And for the first time, she will be opening up about her struggles with PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome, also known as PCOS. Now, PCOS is a hormone problem that affects roughly four to eight percent of women across the globe, even up to as high as 25% of women in some countries, making it the most common hormone problem for women. PCOS is something that not a lot of us know about, and over 50% of women go undiagnosed because you don't necessarily have to have cysts on your ovaries to suffer from this problem. And even in one study, up to 70% of women had gone undiagnosed. Now, I'd always considered PCOS something that just had to do with physical symptoms, but it comes with a long list of symptoms ranging from difficulty concentrating, difficulty sleeping, changes in appetite, mood swings, indecisiveness, anxiety, fatigue, sadness, feeling alone, depression, brain frogs, sugar cravings, weight gain, irregular periods, excessive hair growth on the face, neck, even buttocks and chest, hair loss, patchy, dark skin, increased areas, infertility, and even pregnancy complications. For some of you, this might be the first time you're even hearing about PCOS. And that's okay, because I didn't know about PCOS until I met this friend of mine. So whether you have PCOS yourself, or you've been newly diagnosed, or even if you don't have it, and you just want to be inspired by someone who seems to live a perfect life online, you will soon learn that nothing is ever as it seems. And I hope that this story will not only inspire you to take control of your own body and your own health and well-being, but also to inspire you to own who you are fully and unapologetically. Without further ado, it is my honor to introduce you to one of my best friends in the whole world. Please welcome Miss Emma Louise. joining me tonight and Bell. Thank you so much for having me. I miss yes, you I, over in Malaysia. Yes, missing you a lot as well over here but thankfully as of today at least it's been raining outside so I'm not so envious of your environment of the coldness. We're feeling it a bit over here too I guess for today. <laughs> not so hot. <laughs> yes, I'm missing the weather, that's for sure. But I'm super yeah. excited to have this conversation with you today because, I mean, it's not something that you really speak openly about. So I'm super excited to have this conversation. I guess the best thing would be to say to everyone that when we first met, uh, I remember being blown away by you. Absolutely stunning. Like you were so oh. nice to everyone. Just the truth. And you just seem to have it all together and not a care in the world. And then when we became really good friends, it was such a shock to me to learn that you were dealing with PCOS, which I didn't even know what PCOS was. Yeah. So for people who are not 100% familiar with PCOS, can you just give a quick explanation? What are the most common symptoms, I guess, of PCOS that you experienced? Okay, as for PCOS, basically, it's a syndrome, but basically, it's known as polycystic ovary syndrome. And basically, polycystic meaning that 
thyroid, your ovaries are supposed to be having a lot. You're supposed to have a lot of cysts in your ovaries. Mm. But the thing is, this is a highlight into what the syndrome and what, what it basically is. Because even though the name is called that, the women that get it don't necessarily actually have cysts in their ovaries. So there are symptoms such as brain fog, you get anxiety, you get depression, you get weight gain, you get hair loss, and the list basically goes on and on and on. There's so many symptoms basically to this. But uh, I mentioned to you earlier as well, I would love to actually bring this talk tonight basically about my experience with PCOS. I'm definitely not an expert on PCOS whatsoever. But I've been dealing with this officially and been diagnosed basically three years ago and before the three years I think I spent at least two years doing a lot of research I've been to so many doctors I've done so many blood tests especially from someone that used to I've been very famous to scream and cry in doctor's office when I know I have to do a blood test for someone that has had to do multiple blood tests just to find out what was going on I think I do have a little experience when it comes to actually talking about PCOS. Yeah, and and it's great to hear a, I guess, a first-person account because really you may not be a scientific expert, but you live with this each and every day and you can't get more expert than that. So I'm so excited to hear more about your experience itself. I guess then the first question would be, can you tell us a little bit more about the actual symptoms you were experiencing that made you realize that something wasn't quite right. right. Okay, basically I can bring it way back to when I first had my period. You know, back in, not back in the days, but basically before I was even sexually active or anything like that, I used to not get my periods like for like two, three months, mm. you know, and, and when it does, like when my period does come, there was a time or two, like in my earlier days, like when I was really young, that I got like my period like consistently till the second period. So I had it throughout the month and then wow. the second month comes in, it stops for like five days and I get a full period again. So that has been happening since I was young. So all along, basically, I knew that I was not exactly quite regular when it comes to period. Yeah. But the thing is, I guess um, from then, I never really paid much attention because knowing when you're a teenager, you're female, hormones yeah. are basically raging and God knows what, you know. Yeah. So the thing is, I, I suppose that no one would have thought or knew to actually check for this kind of stuff. Generally, my whole journey really started four years ago when I realized that I started developing a lot of weird symptoms like that I felt that was a bit abnormal to the mm. normal female, like the menstrual cycle and this and that in terms of more of the mental health side. So I was very depressed. I felt very, not excluded, but secluded, I think, like alone. I don't know. I just, I really knew for a fact that something wasn't quite right. That aside, I cannot really put a pin to what was really happening because it, it's been a long time. But all along, I just knew something was wrong. But fast forward to basically when I started working, basically I realized that stress was something that was unbearable to me and I was working in a very stressful environment and I realized the second when stress got a bit too much I broke for me personally my symptoms were I got brain fog 
I had anxiety. I had outbursts of emotions. But the thing is, I was ashamed of it. I was really shy. So I used to be just in front of the computer in my office and suddenly I just felt like brain fog. When you're busy, you're so focused. But when that happens, you just kind of just like, I don't know what's going on. You know, I know something's wrong. I don't like how I feel. And I had the immediate urgency to run and cry. Mm. So I used to actually go and run to my basement all the way, which was quite far from where my office was, all the way just to go sit in the car and cry because I was so embarrassed that if I went to the toilet, people could hear me. Like, I don't, I don't mm. want people to judge me. So I used to do these kind of things. It just got worse and worse from there. This is the part where I'm going to have to really give some praise to the person that has been basically dealing with me throughout this whole process since day one, which is actually my boyfriend. Mm. He was with me in the doctor's office when I found out that I had PCOS is one thing, but I've had a lot of episodes in front of him. So we can still spend time and I'll have like weird things. Like I will, like let's say for example, we're in uh, his apartment or whatever. I'll actually sit like near the window and just completely zone out and cry. And what was the creepiest thing to me of all was that I knew something was wrong. I felt like that wasn't me. I didn't know how to control it, but that's all I knew what to do. Just mm. to cry and just be that way. But the thing is, I mean, this all boils down to one of the main symptoms, which is also depression and, and anxiety. Okay, wow. So it sounds like you were having like very, I guess, um, large swings in mood and um, hyper-emotional um, and anxiety depression is obviously no joke and can be very extreme, but it can also be mild as well. Was it, it sounds like you felt quite extreme bouts of depression. Would that be right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I've definitely gone down certain paths in my brain that I didn't like. Uh, I do not like to bring up the word suicide and all this, mm. you know, but the thing is, it's been very well known on social media to the world. There's so many people, you know, celebrities. I don't want to get too much into that. But the fact is, is that I've never attempted it, but it's just the knowledge and the known fact that my depression was so bad that I sunk so low that I actually didn't know what to do. I was at a place where I just desperately needed help. I needed a solution and I just wanted it to stop. I wanted the pain and the frustration of not knowing what was wrong to stop because I definitely want to bring up during that time what actually helped me as well. Mm -hmm. Because as I mentioned earlier about my boyfriend, I am in very open communications with him and he knows exactly what was wrong. I used to tell him, I'm crying, I'm really upset. I don't know why. I am very unhappy. I'm stressed out. I cannot do this. I, I used to really talk to him. And being the beautiful person that he is, he was very patient. And he was just there to basically support me knowing what was going wrong. But at the same time, he was also, you know, helping me out with like finding doctors, bringing me here, bringing me there to get tests and this and that. So it was a beautiful thing to actually share this journey with him. Because if it wasn't for him... Yeah, I've definitely seen the way he's been your rock, definitely, because yeah. there have been times when you've been struggling um, with heightened emotion and and these kind of, I guess you would say, surges in hormones. 
And I guess as a friend at the time, I didn't quite understand what you were going through. So it was really hard not knowing, I guess, what was going on. But it was always such a comfort to know that you had him there. It's really hard for me to hear that you got to such dark places. I mean, I've only known you for about two years. I've been very blessed to have such a great friendship with you. But it's really hard to think what you could be going through behind closed doors because on social media, you're like this beauty guru and you're always the life of the party whenever we go anywhere. But that just shows exactly how much hormones can affect our bodies um, and, and our mental health. And I'm so excited that you actually got a diagnosis. Can you tell me a little bit about how you actually went about getting that diagnosis? How did that come about? Okay. Well, basically, I've been to so many doctors. I've been to a gynecologist that ran tests. I went to a gut doctor that had to get uh, a whole lot of my samples or sent to the land down under. They actually sent all my tests to Australia. And that cost me, yeah, that cost me a bomb. And the thing is, because, because they do mention as well that your gut is your second brain. So I always thought, okay, something's wrong with my brain. You know, something's haywire. So it's like, do I have a tumor in my brain? Is what's going on? So I, I, I tried, okay, gut doctor, gynecologist. I went to do a full body checkup as well. Complete body checkup. Yeah. Found absolutely nothing. And the thing is, because um, my mom also, she used to be a nurse when she was in England last time. So my mom has always been my my main person to go to as well when it comes to like health issues and all that. The yeah. research that she does is a different level. So that's why after checking things out, we, we, we came to the conclusion that definitely we've known that I've always had a hormone issue. So my mom told me, why don't you go and actually look for a hormonal doctor instead, a hormone doctor. So I went and found the endocrinologist that was the only time I must say I don't like doing blood tests. But the thing is, when you want to find something out and when you're hurting that bad, you just got to do what you got to do. Even after talking to that doctor, I explained my situation, everything, my symptoms and everything. And um, she even told me that the like it or not, the matter of fact is if you even, no matter what test you do, whatever blood test, full body checkup, you'll never find out because PCOS is a small little part of your hormones, you know, and you really need to have that certain blood test that only tests hormones to see the breakdown. And that was the day after seeing, I went to SJMC, the hospital, mm. and that was the day when I actually found out that I had PCOS. So basically finding out uh, the result of the blood test and this and that and finding out that I had PCOS, it was uh, a good and a bad thing. You know, like I'm glad that I can finally put a name to what I have. But at the same time, knowing that it is PCOS, it was quite painful because knowing that PCOS is something that you basically have to live with throughout your life. So yeah, that, that was my experience with actually finding out. It's always so hard to find out when you have some kind of condition, whether it be mental health or whether it be physical health, there's still something attached to knowing that there is something wrong. I mean, you get that positivity of being like, okay, I'm not imagining things. There is something wrong, but then there is. You've got to come, I guess, onto that other side. Can I just ask, can PCOS affect your ability to have children? Yeah. 
that is one of the that's one of the major uh, symptom of PCOS actually because it's attacking basically your your ovaries and uh, your male hormones are actually higher so it just interrupts the the build up of like I mean the 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 egg sacs and this and that it just weakens everything and it messes things up so yes but the beauty of it was that exactly what the doctor told me which uh. I hope this this should not offend anyone. We are all in 2020. But the doctor actually said to me, if I can make a guy into a woman, I can make a woman pregnant. So she said, don't worry about it now till you actually want to have a kid, then we'll sit down and talk. So that just took the complete weight off my shoulder, just having the doctor's like support like that. And I just felt like, okay, you know, I got this. But she did push the ball back into my hands and she just said that, like it or not, from here on out, you have to do what you have to do to deal with your PCOS. Because as I mentioned earlier, everyone's symptoms, it's different. Well then, so you're a few years down the line with your diagnosis. And I've definitely seen, um, I guess your health seems to have stabilized a lot in the last couple of years. Um, and you seem to be coping with it quite well. And you seem to have come to terms with the diagnosis. Can you sort of explain a little about what steps that you personally have to take to maintain your health and how, uh, like, are you on hormone therapy? How do you manage this condition? Okay, let me just bring it back a slight bit. Mm. Because um, one thing was was that um, when it comes to PCOS, I have more of the mental side of PCOS, not the physical side. Mm. I did get some intense weight gain as well, which... Mm. Like it or not, I really worked my butt off to drop the weight. But I will move on to that in a second. But basically, um, after finding out that I had PCOS and I told the doctor about how I felt because bringing it a bit back to the symptoms that I was getting when I was at work, like I said, brain fog, anxiety, I was depressed. And main thing was stress was the one that was killing me. So that resulted actually, like it or not, I slowly, slowly developed hate for my job. I was very unhappy going to work because I knew what it was doing to me and I just couldn't cope. So about three years later of working in, in the company that I was, I actually loved my job to begin with. But because of PCOS, it did result me into not having a choice but to give it up for now. Yeah till I solve a bit of more of my issues. But the thing is, as well as when I spoke to uh, the doctor that that uh, diagnosed me with, with PCOS, I, I, I expressed my side of the darker side of depression and this and that. Mm. And she passed me on to one of her ex-doctor friend or something. And she was being so lovely. She was such a motherly doctor. And she told me that because if you stick with me, the hospital is going to literally suck your pockets dry. And she said, go to my friend. He's really good. So this is where it gets a bit like so sweet. But when I actually went to see this doctor, he is used to handling patients, yes, with depression, even with acne, with any hormone issues. But what was not so great was that his immediate response as we all know, even seen around the world when it comes to anyone that has slight depression, anxiety, is immediately antidepressants. So I was, yeah, I was prescribed Prozac. I was prescribed Zoloft or Zoloft, Zoloft, something like that. Yeah. Zoloft, yeah. 
I was prescribed those two drugs. And the thing is, that's where things got a bit weird. Because uh, it got to a point where even my family, like they enjoyed the fact that I was like Bugs Bunny and like hyper and happy all the time. But the thing is, even it, it, it just got to a point where my mom was even concerned, like, you're just a bit too happy, you know? Right. And I even, I even had like a, a, a animal death in the family, an animal that passed away. And I remember I loved my pet so much. But because of the antidepressants, I actually had problems even expressing sadness. I couldn't cry. And I felt, what's wrong with me? Like, this is so weird. And from then, I got to another place where the antidepressants actually had a bit of a, not a relapse, but a bit of a drop where I started questioning my mom and my family saying that I'm confused. Like, with me on the antidepressants, is this the real me? Or is the real me without it and I'm just a mean person? Like, I, I'm just someone that has so many problems. Like, what is the actual real me? And I started losing myself. Yeah. And the one that emptied up was because I started putting on two kgs every week. In mm-hmm. a week, I was putting on two kgs. And it got to a place, <clears throat> it got to a place where like I was getting frustrated because I was telling the doctor, I am someone that comes from a background of being a heavy girl. In high school, I got aggressively bullied and this and that for being very, very chunky. And and basically, like I, I'm someone that now at this age, I'm well aware what, what, what work I have to put in to just get me, myself under control. And when that started happening, it wasn't me. I was still working out. I was still eating very clean and the weight was just going up and up and it was freaking me out. I was so like, this is going to make me more depressed than anything because I'm not in control. It isn't me, you know? Yeah, so I remember basically, that time. You were doing yeah. everything possible, but it was just unavoidable. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, cut the story short, basically I came to a conclusion that I decided to go completely clean. I just stopped taking everything because my mom being the mom that she is, she did a lot of research as well on all the antidepressants and, yes. you know, like the whiplashes of getting off it. And, yeah. and um, they even say, they state it loud and clear that it actually boosts the feeling of suicidal tendencies. So my mom was like, no, 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 you're getting off. Let's not go deeper into this. It's not worth it. So that's when I started doing a lot more research just by myself on actual natural natural ways to actually try to combat this situation with PCOS. And uh, yeah, slowly, very hard. It was terrible. But eventually, I think it took me about a year and a bit. And I've been working my butt off. And because when it comes to antidepressants, the fat that you gain from antidepressants is a chemical-ish kind of fat. It's not a natural fat. So that fat is so hard to burn off. It's crazy. So finally, like now I can say that I I managed to drop a bit, but, but not to where I want it to go. But things now are getting a bit more on the natural path and I'm loving it. I still have symptoms. I still have a lot of daily things that I have to deal with, but I'm happy to say that I'm under control. And can I say, like, I'm so happy to see you feeling better um, and and feeling seeming lighter. And I I guess one of the greatest things 
that I have observed is now that you're aware of it, it's almost like that acceptance has allowed you to be like, oh, it's okay. I'm just having a hormonal moment. It's no longer I'm like, oh, what's wrong with me? It's like, oh, okay, my hormones must be going crazy right now. And it makes me really happy to see that growth in you and to see you giving yourself that kind of, I guess, um, compassion and understanding because I've had to do that myself as well. I, I was told so many times I need to go on antidepressants, I need to go on ADD medication, all these things. But for me personally, I knew that once I went on them, I would never come off. So it's not as easy of a ride and some people have no choice, but they have to. But I think you're doing such a sensational job um, managing it yourself. And I just want to ask you about now that you've been more open about it with not only your friends, but now that you're talking about it publicly, do you think it's important that people who are suffering from PCOS and depression and things actually allow themselves to be vulnerable and talk about it? Yes. I think that is one of the main purpose of me actually doing this sit down with you. Mm-hmm. Because as we mentioned earlier as well, saying that social media, you know, everyone or even me, I try to present such a perfect outlook, like a perfect like image. And I, I honestly am not someone that likes um, putting my problems out on social media because I just don't see the benefits of it. Yeah. You know, because to me, as they say, you send out positivity, you, re- you receive back positivity. So I do not want that sadness or negativity to linger. So that's why I don't. But the thing is, throughout this period, I number one is that, and number two, I was also ashamed. I was afraid of how people would judge me, how people would perceive me and this and that. But I solely agree with what you say. I think it is very important because what I've learned the most with this whole situation is number one, accepting it. Finding out, of course, is the priority, but accepting that I have it. And number two is making the people that are worthy, that are important to you, that are worth your time for them to understand what is going on. Yes. So at least, you know, you, you will get the right kind of support. Even on social media, I've seen a lot of people now coming out and speaking up, speaking out about their mental health issues and this and that. I think it's wonderful, but also you got to be really strong to do that to a certain extent because... Yeah. Again, what you put out there, you don't really know when it comes to social media, you don't know what you're going to get back in return. So that's why I think right now I dare to do this because I am strong enough and I have come to a place where I know, I know how to control myself and I know how to deal with it. That's why I'm no longer scared. Yeah. Well, exactly. You make a really good point because I mean, it is more acceptable now to discuss mental health and, uh, to discuss all kinds of health issues and be a bit more vulnerable. But you do always, you don't want to run your public life per se as a victim. It's it's finding that balance between sharing so that other people can resonate with you, but not being that's your sob story, I guess. And that's one of the main things is that I think it really strengthened our friendship when you opened up to me about what you were going through. Because I know we had a few misunderstandings where it was just like, I didn't understand what you were going through and we didn't, we couldn't communicate to each other very well because I feel like now we're in such a beautiful place that I don't think there's anything we couldn't discuss. Um, So I'm super grateful for that. Um, And I'm so proud of you and how far that you've come and your strength to actually speak about this openly. Trust me, it's, it's, 
It's very brave of you to be so open about this because if anyone didn't know you or if anyone just knew you on social media, they they would think what I thought. Oh, my God, it's Barbie. She has everything together. You know, so I think it's fantastic. So then I guess the next question would obviously have to be if someone who's watching this is newly diagnosed with PCOS, what would your best advice to them be? Basically, number one, number one thing of all is do as much research as possible. You need to understand what are your triggers. You need to understand what part of your life that is actually causing that, whether you can change it, what can be done to make it better. It is completely your own journey, but regardless Nonetheless, there is so, so much information available on the internet, on Google, even Pinterest. There is so much information. There is uh, lifestyle plans is one thing. There is fitness routines. There is dietary plans for PCOS. There is endless things. So do your research, understand yourself. And also, as I mentioned earlier, again, talk to the people that are closest to you work together with people that love you because this is the time where you really do need support from people that love you and to be honest it's very 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 hard to do this on your own it helps it helps to have people that love you that understand your situation babe i i totally agree because it's so important that you really when you're going through such tough times personally especially with mental health it can be so overwhelming to implement change in your life and it's definitely important for people to lean on those around them it's okay to be vulnerable and to be quote-unquote weak sometimes because we're always trying to seem like everything's bright and shiny but it's okay to not be okay sometimes exactly babe I'm so proud of you um and thank you so much for opening up so much about this. I always ask three closing questions and I'm, I'm so sad that our time is coming to an end, but I have to ask you, you're such a strong, powerful and bright, intelligent woman. I want to know when do you feel most empowered? I think it relates right back to this topic of PCOS. I feel extremely empowered even now, just knowing that I'm fully in control of my situation. And I just feel like, I can now become an educator in a way. I, I'm not sure how well I'm speaking as of today's interview, but I definitely know my stuff and I know me and I know how to handle myself. So I feel empowered of me. <laughs> yes, you should be damn empowered, girl. You did an amazing job. It's so, so cool to find out your story and everything that you've been through and, and how you've managed to be so... I guess, bring so much light to other people's life in times of adversity. Now, I have to know, as one of your girlfriends, one thing that's left to do on your bucket list, and can I come? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't worry. It's not can you come. I'm going to go to you. Number one, go to Melbourne to go visit Cassidy and live with her and never leave. Definitely... Technically, because of this entire pandemic and all that, a lot of things that I've been wanting to do have been completely on pause. So I'm hoping that now that things are slowly picking up and getting better, I'm hoping to jump back on my train of uh, potential beginnings of new businesses and this and that. We will see what happens, fingers crossed. Times are getting a bit hard. Like it or not, after this pandemic, I am someone that absolutely loves traveling. So I need to travel 
more and more. And then first pit stop is going to see Cassidy. Don't don't get my hopes up, okay? I will be holding you to that. I'm a little bit excited now. I need to plan <laughs> Instagram shoots. Gosh. <sighs> All right. So then our final question is, if you could go back and talk to your 15-year-old self, what would you say to her? <sighs> and this is a really interesting one because... You've told me a bit about your childhood, which we'll go into a different time, but you really struggled around that age. So I'm yeah. so intrigued to know what you would say to yourself now. Basically, maybe uh, first and foremost, maybe potentially look into becoming a speaker because of the stuff that you've had to deal with in your life, the things you've learned. There are going to be a lot, a lot of bad people that may come to try and take advantage of you and cause a lot of problems and make things really messy and complicated and you might not understand why people are like that and why they're behaving a certain way. But just be strong because things do eventually work out according to plan. And as they typically say, there is always a light at the end of the tunnel. This is just a part of the Emma story that, you know, I've been sent here onto this earth. This is just a part of my journey and I just got to own it. I got to be proud of it and it made me who I am today. The last thing is also just don't try, don't have to try so hard to fit in and be too worried about trying to meet everyone's expectations, especially expectations that are created by someone else. Follow your own heart. Be beautifully unique. Don't be too worried about, as I said, trying to fit in into groups and this and that. What makes you unique is that you are different. So work it, girl. Own it. Yes, and own it, you do. Oh, well, I just feel so alive after that conversation and getting to learn so much more about you. And I hope that we can have you back again sometime on Femme de la Creme. I would love to share more with people because your your story about your school years is absolutely fascinating. So um, would you be open to a round two someday? Definitely. If it's you hosting, definitely. I'm so down. I don't mind sharing whatsoever. (laughs) Fantastic. Well, I will be waiting for the day. Thank you so much for today, babe. You are so inspirational. I love you so much and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, my darling. Love you. Love you. Thank you so much for making it all the way to the end of another episode of Femme de la Creme. I hope that this really did inspire you to own whatever it is that's going on in your life and to be brave enough to share it with others. You never know what the benefits are that it could bring. Now go, spread some love to the women around you, and most importantly, show a whole lot of love to yourself. If you like what you heard here today, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Cassie LaCreme so you never miss any updates. And you can also join me at www.lacremesociety.com and join our community of inspiring women. I'm Cassie LaCreme. Thank you so much for sharing your time with me today. And I can't wait to see you next time.